Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of eternal life that you now offer all people. Uh, may those of us here today truly examine ourselves so that we do not miss out on it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, changing the subject briefly, uh, but the more I think about it, the more I don't think I am. Uh, for the whole time, we, that is Sue and I, uh, were away uh, some four weeks. I regularly prayed a specific prayer. And although part of me thinks that God hasn't answered it, yet perhaps he has at least partly answered um, our concerns. Uh, it's about where we might find ourselves as a church family in 2024, in just four months' time. My prayer was this, and my prayer is still this. Uh, quote, I'll put it in my phone to pray each, night, uh, each morning. Oh, Father, we come to the one who not only made everything but owns everything and in your loving kindness has now given your son to redeem what you have made. Uh, we cannot thank you enough for revealing a great need for him. We thank you that you are lovingly sovereign over all things and will one day send your son back to this world to judge our response to him. In the meantime, we pray for your clear guidance in providing for your people a, at NHA a suitable worship facility for 2024 to enable your glorious plans to flourish. Please, Father, show us through the light of your spirit what to do, as you did with the provision of the Estetford Hall this year, trusting in your sovereignty at all times. And where necessary, please move us to be most generous and sacrificial to the building fund. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said, uh, although part of me thinks that God hasn't yet answered this prayer of mine, and I guess similar prayers of many of us, as we still don't know where we will be in four months' time, perhaps he has partly answered it. Uh, you see, some of the leaders here uh, met with some of the leaders of another church uh, several weeks back, as they might have been going to sell uh, their building. Uh, but they got back to us recently to say that they've decided not <laughs> to sell. And so we will keep praying about such each week. Uh, it will be interesting as to how the Lord answers us. Now, back to the text today. And we are looking at John chapter 6, verses 25 to 59. You could say up to 71. Yes, I know David only read up to verse 40 but we told him to. Uh, there's a lot here, uh, so we told him to wrap it up at verse 40, uh, but we'll be considering up to verse 59, maybe 71. This is our last sermon in John's Gospel for now, and the next book of the Bible we're going to look at is Zechariah, uh, perhaps followed by Daniel. What I find interesting, well, I do, is that Jesus doesn't answer the question asked to him here. He doesn't. He does it often. He raises something else. Perhaps our Lord is raising something else as we basically ask him the question of where will we be in 2024? Anyway, I see what I mean by this in verses 25 to 27. So in verse 25, uh, when they, that is the crowd of people that Craig spoke about last week, a large crowd who Jesus had provided food for, uh, when they 
found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for the food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Yes, Jesus doesn't answer their question about when he got there. He simply raises something else that exposes the real reason why they are there. He had just fed them. But in raising why they are there, he does try to move them to where they need to be. Perhaps he's also raising to his church family here as to where we need to be or what we need to do. He basically says to them to not worry about such food as it probably goes off one day anyway, but rather, and to be concerned about, that is work for food that lasts and lasts so long that it is regarded as eternal life. And he says that he can give them such food. And the reason he can is because God his Father has given him the permission. So he says rather than be solely focused for, on work for the Coles and Woolworths type of food, be focused on this type of food, eternal life. Now, this, as one would expect, raises another question for these people. And so they ask him, and it's in verse 28, so what must we do to do the works God requires? Now, that's a good question. If one's focus or importance isn't to necessarily work for the food that Coles and Woolworths can provide for us each week, what work should one be focused on? And Jesus answers this question, and very clearly. I think he's led them to ask him what he wanted them to ask him. His response is in verse 29. Maybe have a look at it. It's in your Bible and on your bulletin. In John chapter 6, verse 29, he says this. The work of God is this. You must work at least 60 hours each week. <laughs> no. Jesus says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Now that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? So just believe and they know who Jesus is talking about. He's talking about himself. Just believe in me is what he basically says. That's the work. Uh, belief in Jesus is the work that God the Father requires. See, as I keep saying, we are saved by works. Well, we are actually saved by God's work. And we receive that by belief, by faith. Unfortunately, 
they don't really understand Jesus' response. And so they ask him for a sign. <laughs> and because they are still thinking of their tummies and therefore the wrong type of food, they refer back to Moses and how he provided the people of Israel manna in the wilderness. So what sort of sign can Jesus do? One better than Moses? Now please look at verses 30 to 33. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm guessing some of you will be thinking the same. Didn't he just feed thousands of them with a kid's lunchbox? <laughs> Like, that's a pretty good sign. <laughs> Our ancestors, they say, ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Uh, we read about that uh, through David uh, in the Old Testament uh, from Exodus. Jesus said to them, verse 32, Very truly I tell you, basically, listen up, this is very important. It's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Now we can be so focused on a person, can't we? They were focused on the man Moses rather than God the Father himself. Uh, before we move on, are we like them? Focused on a person more than focused on God the Father himself? I actually think it's uh, very easy to be. A mistake, but easy to be. Uh, for example, the person who had so much influence over me as a Christian was Brian Kelly. He was a great guy. I say was as he's now dead uh, in the earthly sense. Yes, he was a great guy. They, uh, Moore College, uh, the Bible college I went to, even did a story on him. Uh, here's a picture of the front page of that magazine. He said in this article they did on him, and he told me this too, that he had tasted hell before he became a fair dinkum believer of Jesus. Yes, he was a great guy, a great friend of mine. But, and it's a big but, <laughs> he would be the first to tell me and to tell you that he isn't great. Jesus is. And he will be the first to tell me or to tell you to stop talking and thinking about him and start talking about and thinking about Jesus. Like Brian can't give us eternal life. Neither can Moses. Only Jesus, the one who God his Father has placed his seal of approval on. Verse 27. Well, in the verses uh, that follow, the people further question him and even start to grumble 
as he repeatedly says, he's from heaven and he's the bread from heaven. And they show they are just thinking of the physical. But as I've repeatedly said, one will not make sense of the sum of the things Jesus talks about unless one thinks spiritually. Verse 63. But they don't. And so they get themselves into all kinds of knots, even thinking that one has to now also be a cannibal and eat the flesh of Jesus to actually believe in him and therefore do God's work. It is here that uh, Jesus says the first of the famous seven I am statements in John's Gospel. He says, I am the bread of life. He says this in verse 35, five, and repeats much the same thing in verses 41, 48 and 51. This is hard not to get the point Jesus is trying to make. Hence why some are also absolutely wrong to think that you have to eat this guy's flesh if he's the bread of life. Yes, just as we can be focused on a person, for them, Moses, for me, Brian, we can just as easily be focused on the physical as this crowd wrongly is, and many of them, we're told, start walking away. Verse 66. But we uh, in this hall today wouldn't be focused on the physical, would we? Because if the physical doesn't seem to be working out that well, you know, the physical money, the physical health, the physical life, and it start getting hard, we might be tempted to no longer follow Jesus. As many of this crowd decided. It was getting all too hard. You could say they just wanted wealth, health and prosperity now. And so they started to grumble and one by one stopped following Jesus. So sad. We can be so fickle at times. We can be so focused on the physical. And so we walk away when things don't go well. And so we drop off when someone we love dies. And so we stop following him if our marriage doesn't get better. And so we give up on him if we remain single and can't get married to someone. And so we give Jesus a flick when life gets too busy. And so we, like them, can be tempted to stop following Jesus. Yes, we can all be so fickle at times. I can be so fickle at times. You know, I've said before that the two of the saddest verses in the Bible involve sixes. <laughs> For example, Genesis 6.6 6 in the Old Testament and John 6.6.6 6, 6 in the New Testament, which happens to follow today's reading. And it says, addressing this very situation, from this time, many of his disciples, disciples turned back and no longer followed him.
Yes, we can be so fickle, just like this group of people. So if Jesus can offer life, eternal life to all people because he has his father's seal of approval, verse 27, and therefore can call himself the bread of life, verse 35, what work does one need to do to receive such? One needs to believe in him. That's what Jesus says, verse 29. But he goes on to spell out what such belief looks like. And he spells it out over, and I counted them, <laughs> 23 verses. Yes, 23. And it has what we think is some really weird stuff, like eating his flesh and drinking his blood, verse 54. But, and as I said, it is a big but, one needs to read this spiritually, verse 63, and not physically. For example... Jesus says you need to be born again. But he doesn't mean going back into your mother's womb a second time. <laughs> John 3, 4. For example, Jesus says he can give a person living water. But he himself is not physical water. John 4, 10. For example, Jesus says he is the light of the world. John 8, 12. But that doesn't mean he's a torch. For example, Jesus says he is a vine and we are the branches. John 15. But that doesn't mean he is a physical tree and we are its limbs. For example, Jesus says, this is my last one, <laughs> he's a gate and we are the sheep. His followers are sheep, John 10.7. But he's not a physical gate. And we certainly are not physical sheep. <laughs> so what does he actually mean when he says we need to do the work of God and the work of God is to believe in the one he sent? What does such belief actually mean when he says some very strange things? He means that one needs to really, truly believe in him. He means to have fair dinkum faith in him. That's what he means. After all, demons believe in Jesus and shudder. James 2.19 Yes, Jesus is saying here, using cannibalistic descriptions, that one needs to really believe in him. Not just get fed with some fish and chips, no matter how big the crowd was. Yes, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. May we always really, truly believe in Jesus, no matter how successful we are in this earthly life or no matter how much suffering we go through in this earthly life. We sung about that in the first song, Blessed be the name of the Lord. We, he gives and he takes away. And why? Because his son, who offers us eternal life and now, verses 47 and 54, is actually the bread of life, verses 35 and 48, 
and will also raise us up on the last day. Verses 39, 40 and 44. And if he can do that, and he can, of course one will never go hungry or thirsty when one has a fair dinkum faith, belief in him. It's no wonder then that uh, one of those who stayed, one of those who didn't give up on him, uh, when questioned by Jesus as to, are you going to stop following me too? <laughs> Basically said to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you indeed are the Holy One of God. Verse 69. And to that I say, and we all should say, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Craig.